Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, the Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is definitely something that's happening here. And it's something that's out of the ordinary. So clearly that, folks, what is going on is nothing less than the work of God. And I'm confident that when we further explain this, you're going to say, yes, I want to be a part of it. So what am I talking about? Well, we, we could say that it goes all the way back to late last summer, the end of August, at the time when we had our leaders forum. It was at that time that our, our staff, as we were looking ahead, were able to put into words what we saw coming up. And, and it, was, it was exciting, it was, it was captivating, it by its own power was just kind of drawing us in and, and pulling us along. Now do you have any idea? I'll give you another clue. The thing that's happening here and now, this, this work of God in our midst, this, this compelling movement, goes back much further than last August. It goes back to the end of the first century. It goes to the end of the New Testament, to the, last, the next to the last chapter in the book of Revelation, where Almighty God, who, who reigns from His throne on high, our gracious God and Father who always keeps His word, said this, he said, I am making all things new. All things. Everything. And how true that is. But, but it, it's as welcomed as it is true. Well, just, just pause and think. Just this past week, God has faithfully led you and me into yet another new year. Why would He do such a thing? Why does He organize history in this way? Well, it's so that He can give all of us kind of a, a sense of a fresh, clean start. So that He can fill us with hope for a better tomorrow. Secondly, just a matter of weeks from now, our congregation is going to be following a new leader. And that's a good thing. Why? Because the possibilities that God has in store for us are endless. Third, let's say three months from now, the construction that's been going on here for who knows how long, the, the bathrooms that you can't use again today, all of that's going to be completed. The, the remodeling, the facelift, it'll all be finished. And, and aren't we glad because some sections of that were new 25 years ago. Other parts haven't been touched in nearly 50 years. But soon we're going to have facilities that are serving more people for generations to come. And all of this is because our God said, I am making everything new. Everything. 
And that includes you. It includes me. So, what if I could make a list? A list of five specific things which the Holy Spirit is desiring to, to create as, as new in us. Five qualities that would make every single one of us more like Jesus. And at the same time, as we continue worshiping and growing and loving and serving, this ministry would also take on a fresh new face. A more vibrant, a more alive ministry, a more fruitful ministry than we are even today. Would you want to be part of that? Would you commit yourself to that? I hope you will. It's my heart's desire that you will. Because after all these years together, it's, it's my prayer that you will keep on making faith and life connect. Keep on loving and serving Jesus and your fellow man. Keep on helping all people connect up with God, in with other Christians, and out with the world. My friends, your family needs you to. Your neighbors and your community need you to. And most importantly, Almighty God will enable you to. In John chapter 15, Jesus put it like this. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. So that's the reason that, that God has given us these, these multiple new opportunities. So that we can bear fruit. Fruit that will endure and continue for eternity. So, in our last month together, let's hone in on five specific practical practices. Five qualities that, that pre-Christians, that the world out there are hungry for. Five things in us which will make an eternal difference in them. And here they are. First is radical hospitality. Next, passionate worship. Third, intentional faith development. Next, risk-taking mission and service. And last but certainly not least, extravagant generosity. This morning, we're, we're going to address the first two. So, as we think about radical hospitality, let's apply it both to those people who step into our houses, as well as those who, who walk into the house of God. In both situations, it's important that people are radically welcomed. Let's go back to that parable that Jesus told in the gospel lesson this morning. The parable of the great banquet. 
When those invited guests made all those excuses why they couldn't come, it made the master of the banquet not just unhappy, it made him angry. Why? Because he had so much to share with, with the people around him. But he refused to give up. What he did insist on doing was telling his servants, go out quickly. Go out to the streets and the alleys. Go out to the highways and the byways and bring in. Did you notice who he invited? Bring in the poor and the crippled. Bring in the blind and the lame. Folks, that's practicing radical hospitality, isn't it? That's showing extraordinary grace. To whom? To the outsider. To the stranger. For us, it means more than just smiling at somebody that walks through the doors we haven't met yet. It means more than just introducing ourselves. Radical hospitality means doing everything that we can to meet their needs. Let me take you back to that section in Matthew 25. The setting is the last day when Jesus comes in judgment. And there's a certain group of people that He, he really applauds. Do you remember who they were? Jesus said, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came and visited me. Radical hospitality happens when we see new people. When we see different people in the same way that Jesus sees them. And then we treat them as if they were Jesus. I mean, think about it. Why do people... Why do they work up the courage to step into a church for the very first time. It's because they know that their life is missing something. Something essential. Something critical. They step into a church because they need to know that, that God loves them. They need to know that there is forgiveness Irregardless of what their past might look like. They need to know that they're not alone in this world. And they're hoping that the church might be their family. People who understand and accept them. People just like themselves who, who deal with self-doubt. With temptations with depression, with the whole scope of life's ugliness. And yet, didn't Jesus come into this world 
for those very reasons. After every one of those circumstances, can't we say, yet for this we have Jesus. By His death, He, he saves us from our failures and our, our sins and shame. By His resurrection, He defeated those things that would have otherwise destroyed us. You and I know that. We believe that. Heck, we might even take it for granted. But I would bet at least 50% 50 of the people in Smith County have no connection with church. And as a result, they have, they have no such confidence. So when they do come through the door, whether it's the door to our house or, or the doors of God's house, that's a, that's a big, big deal for them. Just as it should be for us. Because we can share God's grace with them. We can share His kindness with them. We can tell of, of His promises of hope. We can practice radical hospitality. Do you know what people tell me? They tell me that Trinity is a welcoming place. And, and it is. You are. But, but what if each of us were more committed to, to hospitality this year? What if we all made up our minds to, to stop at nothing? To make radical hospitality the norm. It begins with our prayers. Our prayers that God would first soften our hearts. To give us a genuine love for, for the people He brings and places around us. And next, as the leaders of this ministry, we plan and then we execute those plans. We welcome people. We show our concern for them. We encourage them. First, by opening ourselves up to them and allowing them to do the same with us. Unfortunately, that doesn't come naturally. In many churches, they say that they would love to have young families as long as they act like old ones. They'd love to have children as long as they keep quiet and be still. I'm so glad y'all are here. They, they might say, we would love to have more people of color as long as they act like the rest of us. That's why none of this will work if we're depending on ourselves. The one we're depending on is He who sits on heaven's throne. He who said, I am making everything new. It's, it's only our God who can make us those who, who want to practice radical hospitality. And He so much wants us to because radical hospitality leads people into passionate worship. 
not just ordinary worship, not just worship by memory or worship by rote, but, but passionate worship. I mean, wasn't that what we heard in Psalm 84? The psalmist began by saying, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty! And he went on to say, My soul yearns and faints for the house of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Folks, isn't that what worship is all about? It's praising our God first from our heart and from our mind. Passionate worship. That's, that's, what, that's what others are looking for too. Being in a place where we can bow before God in spirit and in truth. Having nothing less than an encounter with the living God. And to do it together with others. It's why we sing every time we're here. It's why we pray, why we read scripture, why we preach and receive the sacraments. Whether we've been in a church for 15 minutes or for 50 years, we come expecting the Holy Spirit to touch and to change us, to reshape our life. First and foremost, it's God who is at work doing that each time we worship. He is at work healing our wounded souls. He is at work renewing our hopes. He's guiding our decisions. He's inspiring our acts of kindness and compassion. He's binding us to Himself and to one another. In turn, in passionate worship, we offer God our very best. In fact, we, we give our all to honor Him. We do everything we can to make worship as excellent as possible. All while connecting people to Jesus in the clearest of ways. It's in passionate worship that people are honest with God and with each other. In passionate worship, we long for the Spirit to be moving us by His truth and by His will. We pray for His refreshing, restoring power in our lives. I'm telling you, people will prioritize worship on Sunday morning if they know that they can be in a place like that. And when we put it in those terms, do you see how important then the, this radical hospitality becomes? Because it's, it's first, normally in worship, that people experience a, this new relationship with God. It's normally in worship that they, they understand that they have been justified, they have been made right with God. It's in worship, whether it's in a traditional setting like this, 
or in a contemporary setting, whether it's with stained glass windows or, or with bamboo shoots of a jungle all around us, it's in worship that we realize that we truly are connected with the living God. That we're loved and saved by God. That we're strengthened and kept by God. So, so here's how radical hospitality and passionate worship work with this hand in glove. Radical hospitality opens the door to new relationships with people. It gives other, other people, outsiders, the opportunity to know that, that they are accepted, that they belong. And then in passionate worship, the Holy Spirit draws them into a new relationship with Jesus. They grow in their understanding of who God is and what it means to live the rest of their life as a disciple of Jesus. Maybe this would be the perfect time to, to explain this word, church. Do you know what church really means? It's not this building. Not in the least. In the New Testament, the word church is the word ecclesia. And it literally means the called out ones. We who have been called out of the dark and into His marvelous light. But it also includes those who each and every week the Holy Spirit calls out of our homes, out of our beds where we worship at St. Mattress Lutheran Church, listening to Pastor Pillow, we leave our homes and we come out of that setting and into this body of Christ. As the church, he calls us, the Spirit calls us out of our ordinary lives and into this sacred place and time where we meet with God Himself. In fact, it's here fueled by God's Word and, and sacraments, it's here that people most fully and most richly experience God's love in Jesus. Our time in worship makes us a community together like none other. A forever family, we like to say. In worship, the Holy Spirit shapes people to be more like Jesus. He shows us our sin. And then with His forgiveness, He changes us from the inside out. He enables us to see people, different people, the way Jesus sees them. With love. And He gives us power that we need to live out our calling as the body of Christ. This one hour in passionate worship can, can change the other 167 hours of our week. So, what will it take? What will it take to offer passionate worship here at Trinity in 2020? Well, I can tell you it's going to require something from all of us. From our leaders, it will require 
giving our very best starting in prayer. Then our very best in planning. And then our very best in being determined to not let anything take away from connecting people to Jesus. And on your part, it'll mean this. <laughs> it'll mean deliberately coming here each and every week with a sense of holy expectation. It'll mean looking forward to having an encounter with your living Savior. It'll mean humbly and honestly asking the Holy Spirit to refine your heart and then your habits. You know, too often I think Christians come, come to worship in, in much the same frame of mind that a movie critic enters into a theater. They time the message. <laughs> you laugh. They judge the prayers. They make mental notes. If in their opinion the music was too loud, too soft, the room was too hot or too cold. Folks, I don't know what that is. But it's not worship. So would you make a habit of doing this instead? Each week in this new year, before you start your car, would you ask the Holy Spirit to help you? To help you believe that He wants nothing more than a growing relationship with you. He wants you to know that you are forgiven. He wants to encourage you. He wants to make you strong so that you can be fruitful in His kingdom. And when each of us come with those expectations, we're, we're going to see this thing that I said is happening here. We're going to see Almighty God at work. First in us, and then through us. We're going to see how we and others are being changed. <clears throat> changed by our God who said, I and making everything new. Amen. And may that peace of God that surpasses human understanding keep your heart and your mind anchored in Jesus Christ. Amen.